This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton uh, in the studio, and and, uh, so we're always transparent with you. We are taping this morning. Uh, We are coming to you uh, pre-recorded because my guest is in North Carolina, and I'm in Danville, Illinois, and because (laughs) she's a very busy person. So (laughs) to get this arranged, we had to pre-record it, and uh, it's airing today, and I am so very happy to have with me Amy Schweizer. Good morning, Amy. Hey, Linda. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. So for anybody that doesn't know, Amy happens to be the daughter of Ricky Sr. and Laurel Williams and the sister of the mayor. And uh, (laughs) she is from our community and she is now currently living um, in North Carolina. Uh, Where are you at? Chapel Hill to... uh, I'm actually in Swansboro, which is um, close to Jacksonville, North Carolina. Okay, okay. Near near Camp Lejeune. Camp Lejeune. I thought it was somewhere around there in one of the the bases. Okay, so Amy, um, how the heck did you get there? (laughs) Talk a little. That's a long story. (laughs) I know. Long story short. (laughs) But talk a little bit. Seriously, talk a little bit about growing up here in Danville, having plans for your future. And then, you know, you just were in the right place at the right time to meet the right guy, and it all changed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'll talk to you about that. So uh, I was actually the program director at the Boys and Girls Club there in Danville, Um, great organization, and I was doing a job fair at DAC. And my now husband was a recruiter for the Marine Corps. And so we, our tables were next to each other. Um, (laughs) And. We started chatting, um, and on our first date, I said, well, just so you know, I'm moving to Jacksonville, Florida. I'm going to work with the Jaguars. And he said, well, just so you know, I'm moving to California. We're like, okay, great. So that was that. Well, fast forward a year, we're married, and I am now in California. <laughs> so that was about 11 and a half years ago, but leading up to that, Linda. So, yeah, I grew up in Danville my whole life. Um, I attended Millican University in Decatur for my undergrad, went to Illinois State. Uh, for my master's degree in sport management. And um, my soccer career actually started at Danville High School. I was on the first ever girls team that they had at Danville High School back in, no, gosh, we won't date that. No, back never mind, that's right. <laughs> Back a while ago. So um, yeah, that was the first time they had girls soccer in Danville. So I jumped on board and it just happened to be the one sport that I ended up being best at and loved the most. So you're obviously your mother's daughter. There's no no question about that. <laughs> and I know you're you're never still and you're you're always doing something and involved and again, you had your life planned out. You knew what you wanted to do. So that happens to most people. Uh, life's a journey and it changes from what you what your expectations might be. For you you had this whole career an independent life planned out, and then all of a sudden you're the you're you're a military wife. Tell yes. me what adjustment that was. Tell me, tell me what that was like getting used to becoming a military wife. Because I think many of us have no idea what that actually is. Yeah, and rightfully so. No, I always say nobody does until you're in it. Yeah, <laughs> so you're there not you go. Understand until you're in it, but. 
my husband and I, we met later in life. So we were both 28 when we were married. Um, and so, you know, we had pretty established lives on our own. So that was an adjustment in itself. But I was always the type of person that I'll have my career set. Um, and, you know, if I find a husband, great, he'll add to my life. But like, I'll have my own thing going on no matter what. Well, marrying into the military, uh, that just flips that on its head. And prior to that, you know, we're all, we support the military. This is great. But that was really as far as my involvement went. And so marrying into it is a whole nother world um, where you, as a spouse, you're actually called a dependent, um, which <laughs> my Linda, you know, that did not. I'm sorry. Any I, way, that's my best chuckle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, that's the first thing. Um, everything's routed through him, our health insurance, our housing, um, things that I would typically take care of myself. It all has to go through him. Um, his, his social security number, I probably couldn't even tell you my own anymore. That's what we go by. And so that was such a huge adjustment. And the funniest story is once I went to the dentist and I needed to get some work done and they're like, okay, well, we need to have your husband do something. And I said, for me to go to the dentist? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, this has oh, nothing to do with it. I see them. And they're like, well, because he's the sponsor. So they're called our sponsors, Linda. So yeah. he's the sponsor. And so everything was routed through him. And they're like, well, can you call him? And I said, well, he's in Afghanistan right now. So if you can get a hold of him, that'd be great. Tell, tell me how to do that. You know. So it's been a whirlwind. Um, it's a very difficult transition for a lot of military spouses because you do realize that you're giving up a job maybe, but you don't realize that you have to give up your career and your life's plans. Um, so you know, speaking honestly, there's a lot of resentment that comes with that. You know, you've worked your whole life towards something. You did schooling, you did, you know, experience. And so it's really about your attitude and the choices. Uh, you know, you have to choose to stay in it. Military marriage, uh, it's very hard. Like right now, my husband's gone. Uh, we have three little boys. And so you're dealing with that. You're dealing with parenting alone while working and finding childcare. And just you have to do all the things, which how single parents do it, props to them because it is very, very difficult. Um, so you have to adjust to that. Um, and yeah, it can bring, you just have to choose to stay in the marriage and to use all the resources available um, because it, it is a difficult life in that sense. Well, and but in reality, it does make it different uh, as, a, as a military spouse because you can't make a lot of decisions on your own, even if you're capable of doing that and want to. Whereas if you're a single parent, at least you can do that. Uh, as as trying as your life may be, you still can make your own decisions. But in your case, as a military wife, you really, as you were saying, you know, you can't go to the dentist without, you know, your husband's, you know, whatever. <laughs> so it's a kind of an interesting um, situation. So for an independent woman like you, that must have been... Um, Wow, that's a that's a wake up and it's like a total identity crisis. Like what the heck happened to my life and who am I? Not that it's, you didn't not that you don't love him and not that you're not happy. It's that mentally trying to get your head around it. 
It, that's you're spot on with that, Linda. Um, and in, my story is not unique. This is the story of a majority of military spouses. So of course we do it because we love them, and that. But it is hard on us to rediscover who we are. To always be putting, um, well, always be forced to put the military and their needs pre- before your own never knowing where you're going to live, moving every three years, um, you know, buying new cars, changing to this house to another. Um, So there's a lot of extra financial uh, burden that goes into that as well. Uh, You can't plan holidays with families because you say, well, I I don't know if we'll be here next year or not, or I don't know where we'll be. You miss out on so much. Um, So it's definitely hard, but I will say in that there are a lot of positives. Um, For example, I have gotten to live places I never thought I would, such as California, Okinawa, Japan, Hawaii, uh, now in North Carolina. So you do get some good experiences in there as well. Well, and it's and it's a you know, again, it's just another way to live and it's just learning to adapt and adjust. And that's pretty much what you did. Now, let me check. Derek, where are we at on time? How are we at? How are we doing? Okay, so we're going to go ahead and go to break here in a in a in a couple seconds. And then when we come back, what I want to talk to you about is, um, so Amy being Amy, uh, she <laughs> sat there for a while and, and experienced her identity crisis. And then she said, well, what the heck? Let's figure this thing out. What can I do? And she hasn't stopped. And that has led to one of the reasons we're talking to her today, because she received the Rosie Award. So we're going to talk about what she's been doing and, and that award. And about kids. We'll do that in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you this morning pre-recorded. We pre-recorded because my guest is in uh, North Carolina. She is the daughter of Ricky Sr. and Laura Williams, sister of the mayor. Amy Schweitzer is with us. And uh, she is a military wife of accomplishment. Not that all military <laughs> wives don't accomplish things, but she really is. And she's been kind enough to share with us in the first segment about military life, which we really don't know very much about. We see programs or stories on TV and you know, the family moves in, the family moves out. The kids always struggle with friendships and schools. And the wife is just running around dusting. I don't know, whatever. Amy's not a duster. She, she's a doer. And so uh, as she dealt with the changes in her life that came from getting married um, to a master sergeant in the Marine Corps, is that correct? Correct. Okay. Um, she decided she was going to get herself busy on her own right. So explain what you did. Yeah, so uh, when we moved to Okinawa, I had my first son. I was pregnant with my second. And I was really having that identity crisis of not having employment, Um, especially when you move overseas. Your employment opportunities are even more limited than they were previously. And so um, I realized I need to get out of the house. My son needs to get out of the house. And so I started coaching 
some soccer lessons for the kids on base. And that turned into more kids, which meant I needed to hire help. So I was able to able to employ other military spouses, which really spurred my um, passion towards military spouse employment. Um, I'm now on the board of directors of the U.S. Chamber Military Spouse Chamber of Commerce, and we're really pushing for um, the employment opportunities because, as we mentioned in the previous segment, you typically almost always never get to do what you plan to do career-wise. And so we're trying to break down the barriers. Um, Linda, when COVID happened and everyone's like, oh, remote, we're thinking, We've done this forever. <laughs> Quite a few funny memes going around like, oh, civilians, that's what we call our counterpart. Welcome to the world of not knowing what's going on, not knowing where you're going to go, not having a job, having to work from home, having to work at odd hours with your kids climbing all over you. So, yeah, that's kind of where it started. No kidding. So now, actually, you do have chapters all over the place uh, for these opportunities for uh, military wives, moms to... <laughs> get involved with this world of soccer and and do things and feel a sense of accomplishment on their own. Yes. So we're in Tiny Troop Soccer. That is uh, my program. And of course, I said I got my roots from um, Danville High School. And then I've volunteered with DSA. um, It's a great organization for a long time as well. And so we're now in 17 states and in a few countries as well near military installations and it is open to all kids though Um, we really want military families to feel comfortable in their communities Uh, a recent survey through the um, national military family association said that majority of military families don't feel comfortable or welcomed in their community or that you know we just don't know the neighbors some neighbors have been here 20 years and we're like oh hey we're here and they know we're not going to be there long so a lot of times um from their end and ours you just you're like well i'm only going to be here for six months so i'll just make friends when i go to my next base so it's real it's really um a, a strange world and so we really want to get community members familiar with military members and military members um comfortable in their communities so we welcome all kids to our program um, and we majority of our staff are military spouse but I say if you love kids and you love soccer you're more than welcome to work with us absolutely um, and uh, so so real quick and then, then I want to talk about uh, kids because that's a big part of this whole thing that really very gets very little attention um, so the Rosie Award itself what does that mean to you Yeah, so the Rosie Network is a um, organization that focuses on supporting military spouse and veteran entrepreneurs. And so um, we have all entrepreneurs have a lot of barriers and challenges, but it's uh, exasperated with being involved with the military. And so they really focus on that. So recently, um, I was selected as the 2021 Inspirational Leader of the Year. Um, and that is a national award. And I was really honored by that um, because I think all of the things I've done in my life leading up to it led to this award. So, for example, I was, um, oh, goodness, it just left my mind. I did the leadership <laughs> leadership oh, yeah. program uh-huh. Uh-huh. when I uh, was still there. And so things like that really helped prepare me. 
absolutely. So let's talk for a minute. Uh, you are also an author, a published author. You wrote yes. a book, uh, I Will Be Okay. And talk to me about where that came from and why it meant so much to you to create this opportunity to share this story. Well, so many, really the public, what they know about kids in the military are the happy reunion videos, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, that's so sweet. These are, even I like to watch them, even though it's a bad idea, cry every time, right? But <laughs> like, that's what everyone knows. But what you don't see is the six to nine months, maybe a year that happened before that, where the kiddos at home and, um, mom and dad or the spouse who's remaining are having to deal with a lot of new behaviors because um, kids can't always verbalize that I'm sad because dad's gone or why isn't mom here? I'm angry about that. And so these emotions come out and all these behaviors. Um, and it was said best to me once that kids go through the same emotions that we as adults do during deployment. So, you know, you have this constant subconscious uh, worry about the safety of your service member. Um, you're just exhausted from doing everything by yourself. You're stressed. And so they also feel those things just without the tools to deal with them. And so the book I wrote, I Will Be Okay, Adventures of a Military Kid, takes a kiddo through his dad leaving and then the mom signing him up for soccer. Um, and it shows that the importance of physical activity for kids. Uh, not only does it benefit their uh, physical bodies, but physical activity also has a direct correlation to positive mental and emotional health. So it's super critical all for all kids to get into physical activity, whether it be soccer, gymnastics, taekwondo, whatever it is, um, but especially for the military kids who go through these extra circumstances. And so this shows getting involved in a program, he's meeting friends, he's meeting other kids who have a parent gone as well and wondering, well, why is your mom here? Or my mom's not here. And so um, it takes you through that. And it also shows how um, the passing of time, having something to look forward to each week, like a soccer session or a gymnastic session, really helps to pass the time when they're waiting for um, dad or mom to get home. So yeah, it's called I Will Be Okay, Adventures of a Military Kid, and you can find it on Amazon. Okay. We're going to go to break again, but uh, you yourself, uh, you and your husband, you have, your kids are what, nine, seven, and four? Is that yep. Nine, okay. Four, three boys. So three, and they're all, they're all boys. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, my. What an interesting household you must have. Well, we're going to talk just a little bit more about that and about how a family goes to a new community and, and, and gets adjusted uh, in this environment. And we'll do that in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton, and we are pre-recorded today, telling you that up front. We had to arrange a, uh, an opportunity to record our guest, Amy Schweizer, who you may know as Amy Williams, uh, because she is the daughter of uh, Ricky Sr. and Laura Williams and the sister of the mayor. And uh, she's a hometown girl. She is now in North Carolina, where she and her 
military spouse are stationed. And um, so we're talking a little bit. She just received the Rosie Award for her outstanding activity in working with military wives, uh, which is a much more complicated, and I really appreciate you sharing with us today, because I think this is a much more complicated, layered issue than what we give it credit. I mean, we just think of military, and we always focus on the military folks, which is fine because they're the ones that are out there doing I I get it. But that family that's behind them, it's sort of like um, policing, sort of like law enforcement. You know, you got the officer in the uniform out there out front, and then you got this whole family support system behind him or her um, that's keeping everything going. And that's the same way in the military. Um, so we were talking about um, Amy's book, which is, uh, refresh me again, it's I Will Be Okay, Adventures of a Milita- Military Kid. Um, yep. So for you with three boys, nine, seven, and four, how is it when you move? Because you've been all over the world. Uh, well, not all over, but you've, you've, been, you've, been, a, you've been a few places. Um, how is it for you when you move into a community and you walk into that house for the first time and you figure out how to put your life back together again? How is that? And knowing that it's not permanent, whatever you do. Yeah, it it can be hard. Uh, Again, you have to make the choice to have a good attitude about it. Um, Besides all of the, like I said, thousands of dollars that you spend redoing a house every couple of years. uh, Once you get settled, it's it can be uncomfortable. You kind of feel like you're on a little island. Sometimes like Okinawa and Hawaii, you truly are on a little island of your own. Um, But it's you just have to put yourself out there. You definitely get um, out of your comfort zone because, you know, things as simple as having an emergency contact for your kid's school. Well, you need to have one written down. It's required. Well, you don't know anyone. So you might be at the playground and you see another mom and you kind of start chatting. And you're like, <laughs> hey, can I, can you be my kid's emergency contact? And she's like, sure. And you're like, okay, what was your name again? Oh, what's your name? What's your friend? And really... That's the person on your kid's contact form. So it's definitely a, a, an ex, it's definitely an experience. Um, and you, like I said, it helps you learn to have confidence and get out of your comfort zone. And, um, you know, hi, I'm Amy. Want to be friends? <laughs> so it's kind of like that. It's, it's that whole uh, making friends. You feel like you're dating because you're trying to make a friend or two. Absolutely. I would think for, for your kids, too, um, you know, kids are kids are so interesting, and and they often are very open about their trust of people. But sometimes they're also, when they're unsure, they're closed off. So I I would imagine for them, especially at these these ages, nine, seven, and four, um, it's a little tough to figure out who to trust and who to make friends with, because you know darn well, a little ways down the road, you're going to leave. That's going to yeah. be hard. It is. And when they're younger, not so much. They may say, remember that one kid who was my best friend at our last house? Who was that? Or, or oh, mom, at our next house, I want to have. You know, most people don't get to say that. Um, but I think it happens 
more and is more challenging as the kids get older into that middle school Mm -hmm. and high school where it's challenging anyways. You're already trying to figure out who you are, let alone being the new kid every couple of years. And so um, that really does affect our military teenagers. We do have a higher rate of suicide and mental health issues than typical um, because that's a lot to deal with. And they're also old enough to realize the true dangers that their parent is in. Whereas, um, you know, around around that seven-year-old age, you can say, oh yeah, daddy's going to do a job, but he's safe at his job. And, you know, they can't, they don't watch the news. They don't really hear much about it. Whereas a teenager has full access to that. So they definitely have a lot to deal with. So the other thing uh, that you've had to deal with, and many, many families do, it's the, it's the way of the world now, but you've been away from your family for a pretty long time now. So I know Uh, I know they come and see you, and I know that that's one of the driving factors (laughs) in your mother retiring, or else else she'd be in that office until she takes her last breath because she loves so much what she's been doing. Mm -hmm. But but I know she talked uh, to me about how much it means to her to be able to be free to just pick up and go and come see you and spend time with you and help you with the kids and just share. How hard has that been to be so far away from your family? I mean, you were in you were in Japan, you were in Hawaii, you've been all over the place. So that's a lot of challenges and holidays and special moments that you've not been able to share. Yeah, and it really is hard. I I hate to say that you get used to it. You know, you get used to being on the phone when everyone else is together telling you Merry Christmas or, um, you know, the, the sad events where family members are, you know, on their last breath and you have to be phoned in to say goodbye. So there's definitely times like that where it's really hard being away. Um, I'm blessed and lucky enough that my family and my husband's family has been pretty, um, they've been great at being able to come and visit us and help. And we're so thankful for that. Um, A lot of people don't get that um, their families. And, um, you know, especially when you're overseas, like Japan, you're there for three years. And so you've, you just feel so disconnected because it's so expensive and so time consuming to take those trips that most people can't really do that. And so, um, it's definitely an adjustment and, and something you have to work on with your mental health. A lot of people go through Depression with it and a lot of different things. Well, we appreciate you taking some time to be with us today, Amy, and to share all you have. We look forward to talking to you again down the road because, like I said, I think these are some topics we need to spend a little bit more time talking about. In the meantime, uh, we wish you and your entire uh, family the best of the holidays. And uh, and I know that uh, the Williams family being as close as it is, you'll you'll be together in your hearts no matter whether you're in person or not. So thank you, Amy. Take care. Thanks so much, Linda. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for being with us. Have a good weekend. Join me on Monday when I will be talking with the Three Kings of Peace on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton. Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.